Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another episode of the X Factor Sports Podcast. This is your host, Jay Mondain. We are at episode 10. Yes, the X episode, season three. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight on this Valentine's Day. If you celebrate that type of thing, happy Valentine's Day to y'all. And thank you again. Uh, we are streaming live on all the platforms. We are on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and now Rumble. So if you have an account there, you can catch these live streams as well. Subscribe and catch future episodes as well. So tonight, great show. We had heavy football last week because of the Super Bowl. This week, we got basketball for you. We got NCAA power rankings are back. We also got the NBA playoffs. Oh, not the playoffs. I'm sorry. The All-Star Weekend. I'm, I'm pushing myself ahead after NFL playoffs. I'm getting an NBA already. I'm excited. But we got to get through All-Star Weekend first. So we're going to give you all the predictions of who's winning all the events of the All-Star game. But before we get into that, of course, we start with that quick news. So we're going to go with the ladies first. We're still on the Caitlin Clark watch. There, She's going to break this all-time scoring record in women's college basketball. She's only eight points away from breaking the record. And like we predicted last week, we predicted that Caitlin Clark will break this record at home against Michigan tomorrow night. I think that she will probably score eight points tomorrow, averaging 32, 33 points a game. Um, I don't see any reason why she wouldn't break this record at home tomorrow. So We'll congratulate her now because it'll already be a week later next week after she breaks this thing. So congrats to Caitlin Clark on breaking a record that honestly didn't think would get broken this fast from Kelsey Plum. But, you know, here we are. And honestly, I don't know if she's going to hold on to it for too long. She may hold on to it for three years because there's a young lady at USC named Juju Watkins. If y'all have not paid attention to Juju Watson, please do. She plays for USC. She's on the West Coast. So you probably don't, one, get a lot of women's basketball games. They should be respected. But also because she's in a different time zone, her games may be later. But this young lady is phenomenal, all right? She averages 27 points a game. She leads her team in points, rebounds, and assists as a true freshman. And at the rate she's going, she's got USC ranked top 10 in the country. I know a lot of people talk about Bronny when they talk USC basketball, but this young lady is a beast. So check her out. She's up next. And I think three years from now, we're going to be talking about her possibly breaking this record. So she is somebody to look out for. But tonight we congratulate Caitlin Clark on passing Kelsey Plum as an all-time scorer in college basketball. All right. Now let's move to baseball. Baseball is coming. We got spring training already around the corner, but I want to give a special shout out <clears throat> to MLB The Show, the video game. All my gamers out there, appreciate y'all for tuning in. I'm sure they're on TikTok as well. MLB The Show has started doing a great thing. They call it Storylines, and it's when they basically are telling the history of baseball. This is their second year of doing it, and it's also the second installment of the Negro Leagues. So it's a great deal that they're doing. I love that they're doing it. I've had, I actually had the opportunity to go to the Negro League Baseball Museum last week, and it's amazing just to see the history, 
of where baseball came from in the Negro League. Obviously, we remember colors, specifically blacks, could not play Major League Baseball back in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s. So they had to create their own league. And people like the great Jackie Robinson came from this league. Hank Aaron, all these greats came from this league. And now Major League Baseball is telling their story through the video game. You can start adding these players onto your current teams. So this Negro League edition, it, it just looks really good. I love that they are doing this. You get to see some of these great players. I would say check out the museum. If you're in Kansas City, please check it out. It's just a, a touch of history that's needed. And it's before they integrated the game. So it's just great to see. So I'm glad to see that. Congratulations to the Negro League Baseball Museum and to MLB for that. All right. And then in the NBA, on 2-8-2024, the great, late great Kobe Bryant got his statue put up in L.A. outside of the Staples Center. Congratulations to the Bryant family, Vanessa and the kids. But they unveiled it on February 8th, 2024. Much deserved, of course. They're about to turn Staples Center is about to look like a museum here in a little bit, too, with all the statues. I mean, you got Magic, Kareem, Shaq, now Kobe Bryant. I think Jerry West has a statue out there, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's just great to see. They used a, they picked a great monument for his statue. It's the Kobe Bryant with the finger up in the air after he scored the 81 points back in 2006, which was a great game. I remember I did not watch that game live, but I was playing. I was in uh, college at the time. We had an actual we actually had a basketball game that night. And this was in the days of flip phones. Right. We had Internet, but we didn't have it like it is now, as you can imagine, 20 years ago, almost. And we had a game we played. After our game, we go in the locker room. People start looking at their phones, and they are getting text messages like, did you see Kobe? Y'all see what Kobe did? So none of us knew. We're like, what Kobe do? Like, what, he scored 50, 60? Like, what did he do? So we have to wait. Mind you, it's still 2006. <laughs> so we had to wait till we got on the bus, got back to, to campus, and watched SportsCenter all night like we used to do. And this dude ended up 81 on Toronto, went crazy. I remember it's one of those where were you moments in history. And unfortunately, I didn't get to see the game live, but we got back that night and got to see the highlights of all 81. And so full circle, Kobe Bryant gets his statue. He's immortalized as he should be. So congrats to him, the NBA, the Lakers, the Bryant family, and congrats to Bean for getting that statue. And last on the quick news, the NFL, <clears throat> as we know, Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Last week, the X Factor Sports podcast predicted that they would win. Even though we didn't predict the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl in the previous weeks, I'm not going to sit up here and try to act like, oh, I thought all along they would win. I did not. I ain't going to front on y'all. But for the Super Bowl last week, we did pick the Chiefs to win 27-23 and they won 25 to 22. So we're pretty close, pretty close on that, you know. Um, so that was good to see. Um, they're officially a dynasty. I don't think there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You win three in five years. You win back-to-back, -back, something very few teams have done in 
the NFL, so you got to give it to them. And this, a lot of things became official after they won that Super Bowl. This is officially the Mahomes era. There isn't any other quarterback, any other player in the league right now within the last 10 years that have won more championships than Mahomes. And I don't think there's any other quarterback in the league right now that has won more than one Super Bowl. So safe to say it's his era. You got to go through him to get to the Super Bowl anyway. So you got to give it to him. And Andy Reid is in the house of greatest coaches ever. I put him in the house. Now, Bill Belichick got the master bedroom. He up there chilling by himself, feet up, six rings. Like, I mean, it is what it is. But he is in the house. He's in the room with Bill, the great Bill Walsh, West Coast offense, 49ers. Chuck Noll, the great Pittsburgh Steelers coach, one of three coaches that the franchise has ever had, the first one. And then Bill Belichick obviously is upstairs in the slippers. But Andy Reid has stamped himself as one of the greatest coaches to ever do it. He's got three rings himself, five Super Bowl appearances, I believe. He got one with Philly and then four with the Chiefs. A bunch of NFC title games in Philly. He lives in the AFC championship game here in KC. So you got to throw him in there as one of the greatest coaches ever. Let's see. What else got stamped? If the Chiefs do something that has never been done before in history, and that's three-peat. In NFL history, there's never been a three-peat. There's never been a team win three consecutive Super Bowls. And if they are the first team to do it, now we got to have a serious conversation about it. So I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but with the way Kelsey's playing, still the way Mahomes playing, the way this defense plays, Andy Reid says, I'm not going anywhere. I don't know why this is being talked about. You got to start considering this team as one of the favorites to three-peat. So let's move on to that. Let's segue into that. Now that the Chiefs are a dynasty, are they favored to three-peat? And you you have to almost say yes. I know the odds makers in Vegas is already talking about the 49ers is going to be on a revenge tour, so they're going to put them as the favorite, which is what they do every year, by the way. When the Eagles lost in the Super Bowl last year, The Eagles were the favorites to win because they lost. And nine times out of ten, the team that loses in the Super Bowl usually has a Super Bowl hangover and they fall back, i.e. the 49ers the first time they lost to the Chiefs. They kind of fell back. Not saying that they will, but after seeing a team go back-to-back, and they'll probably bring everybody back as well, majority of the team at least, you have to consider them – as the favorites to three-peat. Like, they, they, every game they play now is history. And if they can stay focused and healthy, they have to be the team you think they can be. So simply because three has never happened, they're not going to be the favorite. I don't think – I don't think it has anything else other to do with – you can't say a team is better than them. I think the only reason that Vegas doesn't have them as the favorites – is because a three-peat has never happened before. That's it. But let's look at it and see if the Chiefs should be favored, all right? So if they re-sign Chris Jones and Pacheco is still on a rookie deal, 
the keep the secondary intact. You got to find a way to keep McDuffie, Reed, and and Sneed. You got to be able to find a way to keep that intact. That secondary was elite this year. Um, they can clearly win on the road. They just showed us that we didn't think they could, and they just showed us that they can as underdogs and still win. And they have the toughest road to repeat in the history of the NFL. They beat the four best teams in football, the Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, and then the best team in the NFC in the 49ers. So I don't know what how much more evidence we need to assume that they can't repeat other than the fact that it's never happened. But all the evidence points to them running it back. So if they can get through the toughest road and win on the road and get counted out and have a mediocre regular season to their standard. I don't see why they can't win it. So they should damn near feel invincible after this Super Bowl, right? Everything that they went through to get it. So if they make the playoffs next season, I don't see why they wouldn't be the favorite. I don't think it even matters what seed they get at this point. Like the confidence that they're going to play with is very um, it's very Chicago Bulls-esque, you know, when the Bulls were going through their runs, they had two th- separate three-peats. But in that second three-peat, 96, 97, 98, that 98 year, like even the talk around Jordan retiring, Pippen not wanting to resign, like Pippen missed 30 games that year, which is something they don't talk about in these little GOAT debates that they try to have. Like Pippen missed 30-some games. Rodman missed like 10 games. And – Jordan at 35 still took these dudes to the finals. Obviously, Pippen came back and helped. But my point is, it didn't matter where they landed. They weren't favored to win that one in 98. They were not the higher seed Utah was. They lost game one in a seven-game series in Utah. Um, So, you know what I'm saying? Like, because it wasn't done before, all the odds were stacked against them. But they played with a sense of, we can win anywhere at any time because we've been through it. I think you're going to get that because the leadership warrants that at the top with Andy Reid and Mahomes. They they warrant that you have to respect it and they've shown you that they can win anywhere. As long as they're healthy, I think they can beat anybody. So that's why I think this dynasty should be favored to three-peat. You guys let me know what you think. Should the Chiefs be favored to run it back and win a third one? All right. When we come back to the X Factor Sports Podcast, episode 10, we are going to get into our second installment of the men's college basketball power rankings. You don't want to miss who we picked, who we have in the top 10. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. And we're back. Yo, yo. X-Factor Sports Podcast, episode 10. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you don't catch the video 
on all the streaming sites. You can always catch the audio. So go ahead and subscribe, tap into Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, and Pandora. We're all over the place. Like I'm, I'm nosy. I'm trying to be in everybody's business. So go ahead and tap in and subscribe to all the channels or just your favorite one and look up the X Factor Sports Podcast. Good content every week. Real talk, unbiased takes. All right. So let's get into it. We got our power rankings. This is the second installment of the top 10 NCAA men's basketball power rankings. We want to get one in before season three is over and we come back to March Madness. All right. So let's get into it. At number 10, the Duke Blue Devils, we got at number 10. Yes, they lost a tough game to Carolina, to UNC, but outside of that, they've been playing really good basketball, good defense. They are only a half game behind Carolina because Carolina can't seem to beat anybody else before or after the Duke game. So still had the tough loss, but other than that, they only have five losses on the year. So they're still a top team in the country, so you got to respect that. They might be ranked like seventh or eighth, but we got them at number 10 in these power rankings just because teams have been playing better, right? We're not going to put Duke in where they should be in the rankings just because the rankings say so. You got to keep it real, right? Other teams are playing better than them. But like I said, half game back from UNC, and UNC has lost three out of their last five games. So three tough road games in a row coming up, though. So that will determine, I think, where Duke falls when it comes to Selection Sunday. If they can come out of those three games on the road unscathed and find a way to win the ACC, I think you got to at least put them at the two line, no matter what happens in the conference tournament. If they can win the ACC regular season, you got to put them at the two line. So I'm going to go with that. At number nine, we got Iowa State. The Hilltop. I mean, these dudes, it's just hard to go there and win games. They've just proven it year after year. They beat the best teams anytime they come to Iowa State. Anybody goes to Ames. If you've ever been to Ames, I mean, you're playing basketball there and you're getting out of there. But these dudes, they just they know how to win games there. Second in the Big 12 behind Houston, who they already beat. And they're just a tough team to play at home overall. They could win the Big 12. And the Big 12 has, as of today, nine teams projected to go to the tournament. And Iowa State might win that that conference. So you got to respect that. They've climbed up to the ninth spot because they were not in the power rankings before. So congrats to them. At number eight, this is shocking to me, but you got to give respect and respects due. South Carolina is balling, all right? In the SEC, they're in the same conference with Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, Kentucky, and they're the number one team in the conference. One of the longest win streaks in the Power Five. They're on a seven-game win streak. Excuse me. And these are conference games, so they've beaten their neighbors over the head. Like, this is one of the toughest conferences, and they won seven straight in this conference to be the one seed there. Uh, They're a good all-around team, though. They're not – they don't got, like, a superstar averaging 25, 26 a game. I think they lead in score average, like, 14 a game. And – they got like four or five guys that's averaging in double digits. So they just play good team ball together. Um, seven seniors on the team that could play a big role in it. 
again, I played college ball my senior year. We had seven guys and we just, we had experience. That goes a long way with these long seasons. You get into late March or you get into late February, early March, like that senior leadership kind of takes over, especially when you're playing against younger teams in conference games, you know how to win those games. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is a team, this South Carolina team goes to a sweet 16, maybe a lead eight, just because of the leadership and the experience alone. And on any given night, any of those guys that are averaging double digits can have a good game. So these are the teams that make deep runs in a tournament. So if you're thinking about, you know, picking a dark horse to do something, South Carolina might be a team you can pick to go pretty deep in the tournament, depending on where they fall in the bracket. All right. At number seven, even though I said South Carolina is the one seed, we put Tennessee one ahead of them just because Tennessee has already been in the power rankings and they took a step back. South Carolina is making their way into it. They lost a tough one on the road at AM over the weekend. I actually watched that game, Tennessee, but um, still one of the best teams in America. I think they still only have like four or five losses. And they play one of the toughest schedules. They got six losses, by the way. But they played one of the toughest schedules in America. I think they've already played like seven or eight ranked teams this year. And to only have six losses, you got to give them props for that. Again, this is a power ranking, not a national ranking or the AP poll. This is based on who you're playing and how you play against them and what how you come out on top of that. So. We got Tennessee at seven. At number six, and I almost dropped these dudes to seven or eight, but Kansas got smacked on Monday by damn near 30, all right? They are, and they've always been this way. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a Bill Self thing, but they're like Jekyll and Hyde. They can look like the best team in America. They played Houston a couple weeks ago and shot almost 70% for the game, (laughs) right? But then they go on Monday – on the road and at Texas Tech, I believe. And then it's just, they don't show up. Like you don't know which team you're going to get. So I just feel this way about Bill Self teams though. Like they, they can play soft sometimes. And I hate that damn dribble weave offense. Like even the college, even the high school teams out here do it. It's like, come on, man. Like everybody knows the play that you're going to run. It's crazy. But Sometimes they can play soft. And then sometimes their seniors step up and they actually play well, like when they won a national championship a couple of years ago. So you get, you never know which KU team you're going to get. But right now we put them at six. They've lost some tough games. They beat some good teams in the Big 12. They're going to be one of those nine teams that go. But at the same time, you can't give them too much love if they're losing games like that, right? They're supposed to be a national contender. At number five, we're going to put Arizona in the top five in the power rankings. They are top 10 in points, rebounds, and assists in America. So they're they're easily one of the best teams, right? So you got to put them in there. And they're probably going to win the Pac-12 before it breaks up. They're going to win the Pac-12, and and they probably are going to be on the one line if they run through the conference. I think their strength of schedule and what they've put on film and who they beat, and as an all-around team, Caleb Love leading the way, you have to put them as one of the top teams in the country. And I think if they run through the Pac-12, they will get on the one line come March. 
At number four, we got the Houston Cougars. They took a step back a few weeks ago, but they're back at number four. Houston's just good. Like, if you look at this team, they were, they, um, their whole offense is predicated on the perimeter, shooting threes, making making threes, taking a lot of threes. And they only got three losses. Again, another one of these Big 12 teams. That might be the best conference in America now that I'm talking out loud. But Houston's good. And they're winning at the right time. That's that's what it means about power rankings. Like they took some lumps early. Again, they only have three losses, so they didn't take too many lumps. But they're winning at the right time. They're starting to break away in the conference and get everything right before they get into March with their with their seniors. Started playing defense lately. Calvin Sampson's got them actually guarding the ball, so I think that's the right time to do it. So we got them at number four. At three, we got Marquette, the Golden Eagles. They jump all the way to three. They're on an eight-game winning streak, and they're just running through everybody. If they can beat UConn Saturday, they would have been they would have been two number one seeds in the country in the same year. They beat KU earlier this year when they were number one. And if they beat UConn Saturday, that puts that's going to put them in this argument with Arizona at the one line. I think Houston, Purdue, and UConn probably have the ones locked up. I think that fourth spot, Marquette can make a, a big case for that if they win on Saturday at UConn. So I got them at number three right now in the power rankings. At number two, we got Purdue. Zach Eady might win player of the year again. Hell, he might even win it unanimously because just because of how valuable he is to Purdue and they keep winning games, um, he's like the Joel Embiid of college basketball. They look unstoppable when he's playing and when he's not in foul trouble. And then when he is in foul trouble, he's out. They look like a regular college basketball team. So I got them at two. The only reason I don't have them at number one and UConn is at number one, Purdue plays in a tougher conference in the Big Ten. But the only reason that I have UConn at number one, and they should be rightfully so, UConn has not lost a game this year. Like in this calendar year, 2024, they have not lost. They haven't lost a game in two months. So that says something, right? You still got to go out and play the game. And for them to be in a new calendar year undefeated, they got to be the best team in the country, right? So we put them at number one. They are a lock for the one seed, I think. Uh, even if they lose before the conference tournament, I think they're a one seed. Just because the body of work that they put together, like I said, they haven't lost this year yet. Um, no one else has been as consistent as them this calendar year. And so that's why I have them at number one. So if we recap for all our TikTokers, and I'm also going to put this power ranking on social media after the show so y'all can see. You can comment, like, share it, put your likes or dislikes. This team should be in the top 10. This team shouldn't. You can do all that on social media after the show. So we're going to run through it. We got Duke at 10, Iowa State at 9, South Carolina at 8, Tennessee at 7, KU at 6, Arizona 5, Houston at 4, Marquette 3, Purdue 2, and UConn at 1. All right. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and follow to the X Factor Sports Podcast. We are on Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. Central Time. All right. 
when we come back, we are going to get into All-Star Weekend for the NBA. We're going to go through all the events that are happening from Saturday night to the actual game on Sunday. And we're going to predict who wins these events and which conference wins the All-Star Game. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Yo, and we're back. Thank you for tuning in to the X Factor Sports Podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, and now Rumble. So go ahead and check us out. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you will get notified that we are live. So you can always tap in, and you can always catch older episodes, shorts, special content will always be on all of those sites. We got the NBA All-Star Weekend coming, all right? So Saturday night is when they do all the festivities. You get the the skills challenge, three-point. You get all these things, dunk contests. They always cap it off. And then the game on Sunday. So what we're going to do here at the X-Factor Sports Podcast, instead of doing a bet that segment, we are going to tell you who's going to win these events. So you can write this down, take notes of it. When you place your bets, and then you can let me know online what the results came of them, all right? So Saturday night, we got the skills challenge. So for those of you who don't know what the skills challenge is, it's usually a three-man team. And this year, it's going to be the Pacers. They're t- they got three teammates from the Pacers. Then you got top picks, which are number one draft picks, Anthony Edwards, Paolo Bancaro, and Wimby, and then the All-Stars. Whereas Trey Young, um, the kid from Toronto, like it's it's the all guys that are already in the All Star game, they're veterans. So those are the three teams, and what they do in the skills challenge is three rounds. It's a relay race, like you're basically running through these obstacles, and you do it timed with your partner. And then there's a passing event that you got to do, you bounce pass, you got to get it through the target, the fastest, and then last is shooting. So we're going to take Team Pacers to win this skills challenge. It's in Indianapolis. It's at home. They're comfortable there. They're familiar with the Rams. I'm just going to take them strictly for the fact that it's in Indianapolis. No other reason. <laughs> All right. Other teams can win, but I think Tyrese Halliburton and Ben Matherin and uh, Miles Austin, I think they take – take care of business, and they get that done. So we're going to pick Team Pacers to win it at home. I think the guards on the Pacers will do the course the fastest, so I'm going to pick them. Then we got the three-point contest. In the three-point contest, this year, I think Trey Young wins it. I'm picking Trey Young to win the three-point contest. I think he redeems himself from last year. Dame Lillard would be a good pick. He's always a good pick if he's in it. But he's won it before. I think Trey Young is just motivated, and he's got the experience. He understands the stamina you got to have to get through those rounds and shoot those shots, have the legs for those shots. 
after last year's experience. Usually when a guy who's been in it a few times loses, they finally get him one. So I'm going to go with Trey Young. I think Trey Young gets him one this year. I think last year's experience, plus he's going to be warmed up from the skills challenge. I think he'll win it. So I'm going to go with Trey Young to win the three-point contest. And then they got a special three-point competition. I don't know if y'all seen advertisements for it. It's Steph Curry versus Sabrina Inescu from the WNBA to New York Liberty. She crushed the three-point contest in the All-Star Weekend for the WNBA. And so now there's a challenge with Steph Curry. So I think that's going to be cool that they did that. Um, who am I picking to win it, though? I got to go with Steph Curry to win this one. And no, there's nothing against Sabrina Nescu. She can shoot just as good as Steph can. She's streaky like him, especially in a three-point competition. She's won it, so she understands it. I feel like the reason Steph will win, though, is because they got like three-point shots in this uh, three-point competition. It's like um, it's it is sponsored by Starry, the pop, and I think and they have like almost like the um, big three. They got these spots on the floor, so if you shoot from the Starry spot, that's worth three points. So I just think Steph will win because he can shoot from deep effortlessly, right? I think he's going to get those points. He'll probably they'll probably do ladies first, so he'll see what Sabrina Nescu does, get the math right, and he's shooting these starry three point shots. I think he makes a few of those. You only get two of them, but I think he makes one at least, and I think he wins a close one against Sabrina Nescu. I think Sabrina will shoot well, but the bonus shots might get her just from the distance. I think Steph will get her from there, so I'm going with Steph. And then on Saturday night, we got the dunk contest. I'm going to take Mac McGlone again <laughs> to win it. I didn't think he would win it last year. It seemed like the NBA just pulls this dude up from the G League to win dunk contest because I've never seen him in an NBA game. He was in Philly last year. Now he's with Orlando. I think they move him up to win it. I don't believe Jalen Brown is a dunk contest type dunker. He'll probably prove me wrong, but – I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Mac McClung. He's won it before. They just get his dude a 10 day contract before the All Star game to get him on an NBA team. So get your money, Mac. And I think he goes back to back wins the dunk contest, which isn't uncommon. A lot of these dunk contest winners are back to back champs or won multiple ones. So I can see him doing that. Uh, he had some nice dunks last season, and I think he's been working on more. So it'll be cool to see. He has the experience in front of a big crowd winning a dunk contest. So I'm interested to see what else he can pull out out of his sleeve for the dunk contest. And the only thing that will stop him is if he misses dunks, I think. I think he'll have the creativity. He obviously has the vertical to do it. I think if he just misses dunks, that'll be the only reason he probably won't win the dunk contest. So I'm going with Mac McClung for that. And then on Sunday, we got the all-star game, the 70. What is it, 73rd NBA All-Star Game, East versus West. Me personally, I am excited that they went back to this format. I like the team Braun versus Team Steph or Team Giannis. Like It was cool. I got it. Um, try to switch it up, make it interesting. But I like the East versus West. Call me old school. I think these players play with a lot more pride when it's East versus West versus playing with your homies at the park. So I like this. And 
Because of that, I think that the Western Conference is going to win this game. They got the older guys on their side, KD, Steph, all that. But I feel like the West will win simply because the East will come out very energetic. They got the young guys. It's on the East. It's in the Eastern Conference. It's in Indiana. I think they're going to try to let Halliburton have a good game or at least a good half. But I feel like in the fourth quarter, there is a particular lineup I'm interested in seeing in this game, in the fourth quarter from the West. Katie, Luka, Steph, Braun, and Jokic. I think that five will close out the game and win it for the West. You got so much versatility out there. Shooting, defense, IQ, size. Like You got everything you need out there. Minus Steph, obviously. He's the short guy. But he's stretching the floor. You got to guard him from half court, especially in an all-star game. And then you got Luka. So Steph ain't even got to bring the ball up because you got Luka and Braun out there. So the IQ is through the roof. Jokic out there. I mean, you got three, four-point guards. You got <laughs> players at every position. KD, the easy money sniper. I think simply because I want to see that lineup and when it gets to the fourth quarter, when it gets to winning time, I think the West will win this game. I always root for the Eastern Conference because I'm an Eastern Conference guy. I'm a Chicago guy, so I always root for the East. But again, this is real talk and unbiased takes. I'm going with the West just simply because of the experience, and they're going to want to beat the young dudes. I think they're going to be hungry to win. There's never a blowout too big in the All-Star game, so look to see the West take this one over the East. So y'all let me know what y'all think, all right? So we got All-Star Weekend. Make your bets, your picks. Let me know if I'm right or wrong or what I'm thinking. I'm crazy. I'm not. But I got Team Pacers winning the Skills Challenge. I got Trey Young redeeming himself winning the three-point. I got Steph beating Sabrina Inescu in the Steph versus Sabrina Challenge just because he's going to hit those three ball shots from deep. I got Mac McClung repeating as the dunk contest champion. And then I got the West winning a close, exciting all-star game on Sunday. All right. Be sure to check it out. I'm definitely going to be watching it. I got something to do this Sunday now that football is over. They give me one more Sunday of sports. I'm all about it. But y'all let me know what y'all think. All right. When we come back, we close it out with a two-minute warning. And you don't want to miss it. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast on this Valentine's Day. I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Be sure to love the podcast on Valentine's Day. We ain't like it no more. We got to love today. I want hearts all over it. I want y'all to share it with everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thumbs up, hearts, all that good stuff, man. Thank y'all for tuning in for sure. The reason we are able to get on so many platforms is because of the feedback we're getting, the likes we're getting, everybody's telling me, hey, keep doing your thing. It's great. 
I don't agree with all the stuff you say, but I like that you're giving us information. So it's cool. I love that feedback. Give it back to me. This is for you guys. I love talking sports and I love getting the feedback. So we'll keep it rolling as long as y'all enjoy it. All right. Before we roll out. So we talked about the Chiefs in their dynasty. They obviously had a parade today. And I want to take this time to, you know, the X Factor Sports Podcast heart goes out to the families, victims of the tragedy that happened at the parade today. Um, myself, a lot of our friends, Ms. D, all of us were there. Obviously, we're home and safe. Um, we were at the parade watching the, obviously, the floats and the buses go by. And then we left and we ended up watching the rest of it on TV. We usually don't stay. We don't go down to Union Station and pack with all those people. It's just chaos. And so our hearts go out to the families. If you haven't heard, there has been, a, there was a shooting down at Union Station after the parade or after the rally ended. And 22 people were, were injured and counting. And one was killed and you know, a lot more news is coming in. Everybody's trying to figure out why it happened, who was it, all these things. So you'll be seeing it all on social media, I'm sure. Um, they have apprehended people, suspects already. Three suspects have been apprehended. But we here at, at the X Factor Sports Podcast, again, we don't just watch sports. We live sports. We live around the people. We love celebrating when good things happen. It's just unfortunate that sometimes bad things do and so we just send our love out to those families and um, we hope the people that are in critical condition or that have been sent to the hospital in any type of condition, hopefully they can come home and heal up. So thank you guys for tuning in tonight. This is a great episode. We love you. Appreciate you guys. We'll be back next week. The X Factor Sports Podcast, episode 11. We are an episode away from the season finale of season three, believe it or not. Um, next week, we're going to get into some more NBA. We're going to talk about who we think is going to make it to the playoffs. We want you guys to check us out, all the episodes on all the platforms, audio and video. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast signing out. Peace. <laughs>